0: Hello, this is R.J. Deacon reading the Supreme Court of the United States opinion syllabus in Culbertson v. Berryhill. certiorari to the United States Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit. Argued, November 7th, 2018. Decided, January 8th, 2019. The Social Security Act regulates the fees that attorneys may charge claimants seeking Title II benefits for representation of both before the Social Security Administration and in federal court. For representation in administrative proceedings, the Act provides two ways to determine fees. If a fee agreement exists, the fees are capped at the lesser of 25% of past due benefits or a set dollar amount, currently $6,000. Absent an agreement, the agency may set any reasonable fee, 406A1. In either case, the agency is required to withhold up to 25% of past due benefits for direct payment of any fee, 406A4. For representation in court proceedings, fees are capped at 25% of past due benefits, and the agency has authority to withhold such benefits to pay these fees, 406B1A. Petitioner Culbertson represented Katrina Wood in Social Security Disability benefit proceedings before the agency and in district court. The agency ultimately awarded Wood past due benefits, withheld 25% of those benefits to pay any attorney's fees, and awarded Culbertson fees under 406A for representation before the agency. Culbertson then moved for a separate fee award under 406B for the court proceedings requesting a full 25% of past due benefits. The district court granted the request, but only in part, because Culbertson did not subtract the amount he had already received under 406A for his agency-level representation. The 11th Circuit affirmed, holding that the 25% limit under 406B applies to the total fees awarded under both 406A and B. The Supreme Court held 406B1A's 25% cap applies only to fees for court representation and not to the aggregate fees awarded under 406A and B. Section 406B provides that a court rendering a favorable judgment to a claimant represented before the court by an attorney may award a reasonable fee for such representation, not in excess of 25%, of past due benefits. Here, the adjective such, which means of the kind or degree already described or implied, refers to only form of representation already described in 406b, i.e. representation before the court. Thus, the 25% cap applies only to fees for representation before the court, not the agency. Subsections A and B address different stages of the representation, and use different methods for calculating fees. Given this statutory structure, applying 406b's 25% cap on court stage fees to 406a agency stage fees or the aggregate of 406a and b fees would make little sense. For example, such a reading would subject 406a1's reasonableness limitation to 406b's 25% cap a limitation not included in the relevant provision of the statute. Had Congress wanted agency-stage fees to be capped at 25%, it presumably would have said so directly in the subsection, A. The fact that agency presently withholds a single pool of 25% of past due benefits for direct payment of agency and court fees does not support an aggregate reading. The statutory text provides for two pools of money for direct payment of fees, C406A4B1A. The agency's choice to withhold only one pool of 25% of past due benefits does not alter this text. More fundamentally, the amount of past due benefits that the agency can withhold for direct payment does not delimit the amount of fees that can be approved for representation before the agency or the court. The decision is reversed and remanded. Justice Thomas delivered the opinion for a unanimous court. Thank you for listening. And if you'd like to get a hold of the podcast, we can be reached at Rhodes Scholar 80, R O A D S, and 80, at gmail.com. Thank you.